Hey, hello everyone, Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to this bonus episode. Flying Flamingo Jade talks with hot air balloonist on Girls Just Wanna Fly, episode 10. You can find her live every Wednesday night at www.paramotorgirl.com. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to Girls Just Wanna Fly. I'm Jade, Flying Flamingo, and we've got a different kind of storyline to talk about tonight. And we want to welcome Cupcake Krista. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So what's the weather like down by you? Very, very hot. Still Sweaty hot, as huh? soon as you go up. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. So tonight we have a different type of um, aviation. And we are going to be having some gals that are hot air balloon pilots join in us. We have um, a mother, daughter, and another uh, gal. Two, the two, um, the mother, daughter are from Wisconsin. And the other gal, Bethany, is from Minnesota. So I am going to ask if they can join in with us uh, and we'll introduce them as soon as they can come in. Hello, ladies. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. So let's start with Sonia. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. And you're from... Sun Prairie, Wisconsin? Yep, I live in Sun Prairie. Um, grew up in North Dakota, actually. Um, but we've been in Sun Prairie for a little over 20 years now, so. Okay. So how did you get into this uh, type of sport that you're, you're in right now? Um, like, I grew up around ballooning from the age of, like, 10 on. Um, my dad was a hot air balloon pilot and, you know, we'd, we'd go to different events and do a lot of traveling with the balloon and, um, meeting a lot of the same people, because when you, when you are a balloon pilot, there's not a whole lot of them around you. So, um, they almost become like family. So we would go to all these different events and, you know, while we were in North Dakota, so we'd, we'd usually go to like Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, Montana, South Dakota, and um, just see a lot of the same people. And it was always a fun group. So um, okay. I guess I always knew that eventually I would get into it. It just took me a little bit longer, but I got there. So, so do you have any siblings that also got into this? Um, I do have two siblings. Um, they did not get into it. Um, I have a feeling my sister might eventually but right now she's busy with, with little ones. So. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Bethany, uh, you're from Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota, uh, Southern okay. Minnesota. I, um, have a very similar story to Sonia. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, my dad flew, my uncle flew and I grew up basically kind of born in a balloon. Um, he passed away before he was able to train me, um, very similar, similarly to Sonia. And so oh, I actually okay. training down in Albuquerque, New Mexico, since after he'd passed, I didn't know the ballooning community as much anymore. Um, even though they had 
you know, been our family when I was younger growing up. Um, so I had kind of like a shorter amount of time that I could devote to become, becoming a pilot. And so um, I, I went down to Albuquerque and met some pilots and trained down there. So, but family. How long ago did you do training? For, oh, coming on five years, which is kind of wild. Five years. Um, wow. Yeah, okay. Five years. All right. And Ashley, how about you? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Uh, so I actually just moved back home to Wisconsin. I was uh, just up in Minnesota as well for school. Um, I pretty recently got my pilot's license. Just this past summer, I went down to Albuquerque to finish my training. Uh, it was taking a very long time because I was uh, in work, working and going to school at the same time. So I had my student license for about three years before we finally said, okay, may maybe we should just... Uh, plan a little trip to Albuquerque and get it all taken care of instead of uh, spending a few more years trying to finish that. Hmm. So can any one of you tell us, we've heard all three of you mention Albuquerque. So what's the, the spe spectacular thing about Albuquerque? Um, their weather and kind of like where the mountain range is, is you're able to fly a lot more often. So I was flying like morning and night pretty regularly. Um, I was like, actually had like a bad weather season, um, which meant I was only flying like four days out of the week or five days out of the week, um, which in Minnesota or the Midwest, you have storm systems coming through and you're lucky to get like one day a week or like a stretch of days where you can string along like four days in a row or five days in a row um, mm -hmm. of, of how our weather is. So, um, and then it's the Mecca for ballooning. This is my cat <laughs> um, for ballooning specifically. Um, it's the Mecca for hot air ballooning. So there are so many pilots down in Albuquerque, New Mexico compared to the rest of the world, really. So, um, so you guys were talking, uh, before the show about, um, something coming up in, uh, October. Balloon Fiesta and. Um, yep, that's in Albuquerque. It's the entire first week of October. Um, I believe it's like 10 days long. There's usually five to 600 pilots that come from all over the world. So if you, if you want to see a group of balloons in one place, Albuquerque would be the place to do it for sure. Um, I've How been, many balloons? And there are times and um, every time I, every time I see it, I'm still in awe. It's, it's crazy seeing that many balloons up in the air. How many would you say? Um, An estimate. 550 maybe. Wow. Flying at one time. I believe I just read a story that they broke the, uh, Guinness book of world records for the most balloons up in the air at one time in 2019 at balloon fiesta. So. Huh. In wow, that's amazing. They had a thousand balloons, um, so they wanted a thousand balloons in 2000. Um, and right now, that's just unsafe based on just how built up Al Albuquerque has gotten in the past 20 years. Um, mm -hmm. So you obviously need landing spots for that like a thousand balloons. Um, and so now they only invite. I think it, they try to stay in the 500 to 700 range. Mm -hmm. uh, so. so do you guys have to register? ahead of time or do you just show up 
You do. You, you definitely register ahead of time. Um, I think February or March, they start taking applications. You find out by April or May, I believe, if you got in or not. Um, there's a lot of planning involved and they actually didn't do it last year because of COVID. So I was signed up to fly last year, but because of COVID, they ended up postponing the event for an entire year, basically canceling the event. So um, all of the pilots that were accepted into last year's, I think, got first dibs to go this year. Okay. All right. Krista, do you guys have any questions? Our, our requirement, um, and it's a, an application, and you have to get accepted. Oh, okay. Um, go ahead, Krista. <laughs> um, how long does it take to become a pilot is one question. Another question is, how much does one cost that for a pair of life? And have you ever done a single flight? Um, so for the length of time to become a pilot, it totally differs because you have to do your ground training. It's like any anything in aviation, it's the same FARs. There's just some minor specifics to ballooning. And so you still have to do ground training. And so that's doing... Um, like schoolwork and then taking a written test. You have to do a kind of flight, flight schooler training and then getting our requirement to become a student pilot. I believe it's just 10 hours in the balloon. Um, I don't know what is the um, hour requirement for a paramotor, but if that's like comparable at all. And then you have to do your solos, you have to do kind of like skills. So a high wind launch, high wind landing, emergency procedures, and kind of like hit all these skills that usually take more than 10 flights anyways. Um, and there's a few other intricate things that Ashley might be able to touch on a little bit more than I, but that's honestly why I went down to Albuquerque because I could do it faster based on the weather. So I was able to get flights in every day um, and kind of build on that training and experience versus um, in the Midwest. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that it can vary depending on what your situation is. Um, like I said, it took me three years to get five training flights in, just trying to go back and forth between school and work and having to come home from Minnesota in order to fly with my mom and all of that. Um, so it can take quite a long time if you don't have the availability and um, the resources to be able to fly on a regular basis. Okay. So there's a question in, oh, go ahead. I would say the easiest way to become a balloon pilot is to to know someone, unfortunately, since there just aren't a lot of balloon pilots. And so unless you pay to go to a formal school and then pay to buy your own system, um, crewing for an existing pilot and just kind of working your way doing training like that is how most people get into the sport. Um, so that's how I did it. I, um, so my dad passed away too, about 16 years ago. So I had moved to Wisconsin. I didn't know any pilots in the area. Um, and then my dad had passed away. So I, uh, I just, I felt like I wasn't connected with the pilots anymore. I didn't know who to contact. Um, and then one day I happened to be like on a Facebook group. It was a hot air balloon group. And one of the pilots had commented that they were looking for a balloon system um, for a student here in Wisconsin. 
And I was like, oh, like this guy's in Wisconsin. I think I'm going to contact him and see where that goes. So um, I messaged him and he actually connected me with a balloon pilot that lived like 30 miles from me. And I met him and he agreed to train me. And um, it took an entire year because I was my training flights. Um, the days that I couldn't fly um, and he had flights to do with passengers, I would go crew for him. I would go crew for some of the other pilots in Wisconsin and just make those connections, which is huge. So I, I learned I learned just as much flying as I did crewing and seeing all of the different styles. And, um, you know, every, every pilot does things a little bit different. So just, just seeing how everybody does things and kind of picking up on it and figuring out what your style is was important for me. So since I met you ladies um, at, in Wassa, um, when Eric and I, we flew the Wassa balloon event and we went uh, with some friends on Friday night and we went to the pilot meeting. We didn't meet you at that point yet, but we had asked if you guys were, everyone was okay with us flying. And everybody seemed to be okay with it, you know, because we, you know, this was our first time actually um, going to be able to be flying as close to you as we did. And I, and I didn't think we got real close to you. One of the pictures that um, I had in the intro, there was a picture you guys had from somebody that um, that, that was my husband, Eric, flying um, up by you, but I had some good shots and I did not want to leave you guys that day. It was just beautiful that, that Saturday morning that we flew with you. Um, so I met these gals when we landed Saturday morning, we actually beat them to the, to the landing area, uh, where they were taking off from. And, um, we just started walking around talking to some people and I said, Hey, any female pilots here? And the guy next to us, I think his name is Mike. Mike. <laughs> he, he was next to you. I think Sonia, I think, or Bethany, maybe you. Yeah. Bethany. And then Sonia was next to her. And I, this is how I got these gals, you know, and I did notice that you each have a crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have been noticing now that I'm friends with you on your Facebook page that you reach out to people to help you with um, your flights. So if you're going to go out on a weekend or something, how do you, do you get anybody or do you get your normal people that know what the heck they're doing? Ideally you would have your trained in crew that know what they're <laughs> knows what they're doing. Um, but the nature of flying a hot air balloon is that you take off at sunrise. Um, everyone wants to crew for an evening flight, but especially in the summer, things are a little bit more stable in, in the morning. And so I prefer doing morning flights, especially for paying passengers. Um, and not everyone wants to get up at 5.30 in the morning or 4.30 in the morning. So I'm always trying to find new crew. I love training a new crew and bringing new people into the sport um, because not everyone grows up around ballooning like Sonia and I did. Um, so I'm always looking for new crew members. And if they're, if they're out of state, if they're you know at an event, um, just ask us. A lot of balloon pilots are looking for crew, but we have our seasoned crew too. So, but they're not always, especially to travel to events with us. Okay. Um, 
One question that um, I want to go, Kristen, I need to get through some of the questions. We're getting lots of them uh, in the chat. What is the ballpark price of a hot air balloon setup? Um, they can, it, it, it really varies again. I mean, there's a lot of good used systems out on the market, balloonists that are retiring or upgrading their equipment. So a student that's just starting out, you know, they can, they can get all set up for 10,000 sometimes, maybe even a little bit less. If you're looking at brand new, you could be upward in the 50 to $60,000 range. Um, it just really depends on, on what you're looking for. Okay. Krista, do you get any questions you want to bring up? Yeah, from Tony Mazzoni, how many um, do you have on your crews? So I, sorry, <laughs> I typically like to have four if I can. It can be done with three. Um, more is better because there is some heavy lifting involved. Um, but if I can get four people, that would be ideal. Okay. I have a little bit bigger balloon, I believe. And so three is not fun for my crew. So they prefer to have four, even five people. Um, once you have, so there's huge passenger balloons that can take 15 passengers. Um, that's not what we have. Um, and they have a much bigger crew. There's some balloons that are carried around by semis. We just have little trailers or um, Sony and I have uh, Tommy left on the back of our truck. Everything fits in the bed of the truck. Wow. Okay. One question to go with me meeting you and paramotors flying with you. Are most of you or all of you okay with us flying with you? That was another question in the chat. I, I personally like it when, when they fly with us. I think it's really neat. It gives us something to look at. Um, as we're flying. Um, I think it's really pretty for pictures and for our crew to see that too. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Bethany, same? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was huge that you guys came and talked to us beforehand just so that we knew, especially since it was for a big event. Um, when we're flying, you know, for other people, for sponsors, um, the risk is always a little bit higher. And so the fact that you guys reached out was huge. Okay. Ashley, and you're okay being a new pilot? I've actually never even seen one in person yet, but that sounds really cool. And I um, don't really see that it would be disruptive at all either. So yeah, I'd love to see it. Okay, cool. Where right. a little bit nerve wracking is like with drones and people that don't really know how to oper operate them as well. Um, there's been instances where that has like ruined balloon material um, and ran into balloons. And so there's probably some nerves with certain pilots with just the motor aspect of it. Um, but as a whole, um, absolutely love to, love to share the skies with you. Well, I know I just we didn't want to get too close to you, you know, with a prop wash or anything like that and disturb you guys and kind of make your ride a little bit bumpy either. So that's why we kind of stayed away, but it was sure fun being in the skies with you. So Krista, got anything? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm not sure who the question was from and I'm sorry. 
Um, how much fuel do you guys normally carry up for a trip? It depends on the size of your balloon. I carry 40 gallons. And it's propane, it right? Yes, okay. propane. That's Shut up over there. I, I carry 30 gallons. Um, 30 when gallons. I when I first got my balloon, it came with a fourth tank, so I was able to carry carry 40. Um, but I decided that that wasn't necessary for the size of my balloon. It just added a lot of extra weight and made it difficult to move around. Okay. I also carry 30 gallons with me. I'm, I find that that's that's plenty for me. So. Do you guys have to deal with the FAA in any aspects? Yes, they don't really know what to do with us. And so that's probably similar in the paramotor world. Um, but yes, and there thankfully have been a few, I, I don't know how many FAA members have become balloon pilots. So that's helped. So there's a better understanding, um, but yes. Okay. Krista, you got anything? Uh, yeah, so do you guys um, take up groups? I, I personally, I don't take up, I can't take up paying passengers because I'm a private pilot. Um, Bethany is a commercial, so she's able to charge for rides. Right now I take up um, coworkers, friends, crew members, um, I don't pay my crew, so I, um, I, I kind of pay them back by giving them a flight occasionally. So, hmm. so um, private, what does that mean? Um, private pilot, it, it means that I can operate the aircraft, I can take up passengers, I can't, I can't charge for rides, and I'm also not able to be an instructor. Well, that would be one step up if I would have to continue my training to get my commercial in order to be an instructor and to charge for rides. Do you plan on doing that? Eventually, yes. Yeah, okay. Is that just more training or more flights? What does um, it take more, to do that? It is more training. It's another written exam. Um, it's so many extra um, steps as far as flying with another commercial pilot just to get um, the criteria in that, that I would need. And then I'd have to take um, another oral exam with an, with an examiner and then go on a flight with them as well just to kind of demonstrate certain skills. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, question in the chat here was, from Angela, she lives in Las Vegas. Have any of our guests gone to uh, the Eugene, Oregon Balloon Festival? No? I've no. not. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Will Fly was asking minimum training hours on becoming a balloon pilot, and that's 10 hours, right? Okay. Minimum, minimum of 10. Um, minimum it takes a little bit longer though. I think, and what did you have Ashley when you got your license? Um, I think once I finally had the private certificate, I had about 17 hours in my logbook. Okay. 
And I think I got my license when I was at like 14 or 15. Okay. Ashley, where do you plan on going? Are you going to become just, are you going to stay a private or are you going to become commercial or what, what do you plan to do? I think I would like to go commercial at some point. It'll probably take me quite a while to do that as well. Cause I'm still in school. Um, but, but yeah, I think that that would be the next logical step. Okay. Um, trying to think. There's kind of a funny question in the chat <laughs> yeah. um, that says, do you guys ever bump into each other on accident oh, yeah. or to each other on purpose? <laughs> um, if it's just like the envelope, so the envelope is like that bulbous balloon part of it. If that's bumping, that can be on purpose or just a coincidence. Um, if it's bumping into like basket on balloon, that should never happen. So. But if it, they just, we call it kissing. If just the parts of the envelope touch a kiss. So do you do that only so that in our sport, they touch um, the wingtips and my husband wanted to do that one day with me. And I'm, I'm looking at him like, don't you dare touch my wing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Do you have where you're more confident, you know, and then you tell them, Hey, you know, is it okay to do that? Or you know, just to make sure that you've got another confident pilot and they're not freaking out. It's not always something you can plan because um, unlike you guys, we can't steer the balloon very well. We have up and down. So the way we steer is to catch different wind speeds, different directions, just by changing our altitude. So a lot of times if we notice that we are gonna touch someone, we just make sure that we're kind of on the same level so that it's just the fabric that touches. Um, it's, it's, it's not something that we can necessarily plan all the time. But in like some like Fiesta where there's just that many balloons in one small area, like there's gonna be so much of that. So you just have to make your, um, and an ascent, if there's someone below you, then they're ascending. Um, so it takes a lot more precision flying if you're flying around a lot of balloons. Do you, are you guys able to get insurance? We have to get insurance. Yes. Uh, how, what kind of insurance are you getting? Balloon specific. I think there's oh. companies in the United States. One that most bonus, yes. I believe. Okay. Um, my Is husband wants to know. Go ahead, Krista. Oh, no. You're good. No, go ahead. Is it the same insurance company that um, the paramotor people would use, the APO or APA, I think it's called? Is that who your insurance is through? I'm through RPS. I am not sure what okay. that company uses. Yeah, we have we have RPS as well, Ashley and I. Hey, do you guys have any pictures that you could share? Because I'm trying to, at the same time, trying to transfer them over from, and we're still having some internet problems, to transfer them from my iPad over to this. But if you guys get a chance, you can hit that share screen if you get 
some pictures pulled up. I think they'd be interested to see what beautiful uh, balloons you guys do have. You can also see the, from the pictures that I took from them um, in the intro again. Um, question that my husband wants to ask, what happens if somebody's got to go to the bathroom? I'm a pelvic, <laughs> so I can help with that. <laughs> Usually it's 30 minutes, so you can delay that urge. And if you have questions, you can reach out to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Krista, do you see any other questions in the chat? Yeah. From Paralife, uh, how tall is a balloon on average? I want to say 60, 60 to 70 feet. Um, so these are mine. I've never done this before, but the first one is we're flying in Arcadia, Wisconsin. So Ashley for the arts um, or Ashley Home Furniture has a festival, Ashley for the arts. And so it's very hilly and luscious in, in Wisconsin. So we have two balloons kissing over there. This is from my balloon. So you can see kind of like the ropes that are kind of framing the picture. They just hire us to fly over the concert venue. Um, so it's a really fun event to be a part of. This is my sister, Tressa. She might hop on a little bit later, um, but she is training and I'm an instructor. So this was, we did a day of only splash and dashes. So I told her if she can land on water, she can land anywhere. Um, and so we basically just dip down and get the bottom of the basket wet. Um, if there's no like current or waves or anything, you can kind of hang out and just stay on the surface of the water. Um, and it's always fun for, for anyone, but especially paying passengers to be a part of kind of like a little splash and dash. And then this is my balloon. Um, it's 90,000 uh, cubic meters. So if you think about 90,000 basketballs can fit inside that balloon and we wow. can fit it all in the bed of our, our truck. And then that's right before the splash and dash. So you can kind of see the reflection on the water. So uh, people are asking, you got to be good at spot landings. Yeah, you have to. Um, so here I can get out of the sharing feature. Um, I don't know what a spot landing is in the world I guess. you got a specific target on the ground and you're aiming for it um, yeah specific that's all, yard. that's all we do um, okay sport behind ballooning there's competition ballooning where um there's there's a hundred of different competitions but there's um, basically targets or x's and you can have bean bags that you kind of throw down and try to navigate to these targets um, or a hare and the hounds. So one balloonist will go up and you'll kind of chase that balloon and then they'll land. And then you want to either land in that landing spot or throw a beanbag or whatever the task is. So, okay. Um, Jennifer Reese in here. Do you guys know her at all? She's in the chat. She said you guys also use Ryan Carlton. 
yes, we use Ryan Carlton. Um, that is our lifesaver just because um, we need surface winds to plan flights. Um, and so I use it before every flight and with every flight that I plan. You use that one also. Mm-hmm. It tells us surface winds. It also tells us winds at different elevations. Um, so if we see that the surface winds are five miles an hour, but at 100 feet, they're 12 miles an hour, we're not necessarily going to fly with our balloon being 60 feet tall. I mean, it, it's almost up in that area already. So um, we, we definitely look at the winds aloft when we're deciding what we're doing for a flight. Okay. Um, one of my previous uh, guests that we've had on here, Cat Girl, she wants to know how long does it take to inflate the balloon? Ashley? Mm, trying to think here. I want to say not too long. I'm very focused on other things when I do this. So I haven't actually paid attention to time when I do it, but I want to say from arriving to the field to getting everything set up to having the balloon standing and ready to fly, you can do that in about a half hour. Okay. I agree. That's, that's a good time frame. How long do flights usually last? That also depends. Um, In the summertime, our flights are a little bit shorter because we burn more fuel when it's warmer outside. Um, I probably keep my flights at about an hour in the summertime. Um, When you get into the fall and winter, you can fly a couple of hours because you don't need as much heat to rise. Um, Therefore, you're not burning as much fuel. All right. Is it smoother in the winter also? Have you noticed? Um, It's, I feel like it's smooth all the time. We're going with the wind. So we don't really have, you know, wind wind speed isn't much of a factor when we're going with it. We don't feel the wind necessarily. You Um, don't feel thermals at all? Like if you go up a little early? That's one of, that's one of the reasons why we only fly in early mornings um, and in later afternoons is because we're trying to avoid the thermals. Have you felt them though? Yeah. I mean, I think we've all felt them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Another question, Bill H in the chat wants to know for the balloon pilots, would you take a ride on a tandem paramotor? Absolutely. (laughs) I would love that. That sounds amazing. (laughs) All right, guys. We can talk them into the sport too. Um, What kind of fuel do you use and how long does it last, I guess? What's that? (laughs) I said maybe we could trade rides. (laughs) Hey, we can talk. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Steve Clark um, from Northern Wisconsin, he's asking, what kind of fuel do you use and how long does it last? Propane. Kind of touched on that. Yeah, the outside temperature, how much weight I have in the basket. Um, so can fly longer and farther in the winter. Okay. Um on its liquid propane that we've vaporized with the burner. Okay. 
Krista, you got any other ones? Um, JR Paramotor said that he's up at 4.30. So if you guys need him, he definitely uh, take you up on being a crew member. What's required of the crew? We, we have a lot of different jobs. So, you know, depending, depending on your physical ability, we can, we can put you in a lot of different spots. We need people to run the fan. Um, we need two people to kind of hold open the mouth of the balloon, um, which is the opening to let the air go in. We need somebody on the crown line, which is the line um, that kind of holds the balloon down. When we stand up the balloon, we don't want it to go up too quickly. So we need somebody on the crown line to kind of walk it in slow. Um, and then we need people to follow us because we don't typically ever end up back at the launch site. We're going where the wind goes. We need somebody to drive our vehicle and to be in constant communication with us and be there when we land talk to landowners if we need to get permission um, and then help us pack it up and put it away. Will Fly has got a question in the chat uh, for you guys. What's the spookiest experience you've had while flying a balloon? I'll start because that's easy for me. <laughs> um, I was in... Vermont flying in what's called a cloud hopper, um, which is, it's a one person balloon. There's no basket. You're sitting almost on a swing type of thing and you're harnessed in. Um, the balloon is much smaller. Um, the balloon that I fly right now is 84,000 cubic feet. I believe this one was 32,000. So it's a little less than half the size of my balloon. Um, so I was flying in Vermont, sitting on the swing and trees everywhere. It's trees and mountains, very, very few landing spots. I flew for, I was told that I probably had enough propane for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. So I should probably try to find a landing spot before then. I ended up flying an hour and a half before I found my first landing spot and really had to work to get into it. Ended up having to almost walk down the side of a tree drag all my equipment through pastures and up hills. And um, I ended up having one gallon of propane left when I landed. So that was, um, that was my, my story from Vermont, my one and only flight. Cause I, I figured I didn't want to do that one more time. So. <laughs> no kidding. So who else do we have that just joined us here? I think it's a sister of somebody. I believe that would be my sister who has done <laughs> four, five training flights, five training flights. So, Welcome, Tressa. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your experience and your training and how you started this sport. Yeah, so um, I'm sure Bethany probably shared our dad flew and um, it was just really cool growing up with hot air balloons and the balloonist family. Um, and she decided after my dad passed away to get her pilot's license and um, just with like Rose and Sonia and other female pilots, everybody was super encouraging with her 
and um, they also encouraged me, mostly my sister. Um, and so I didn't start my first training flight until last August, actually. So just a year ago, um, just to try it out. And it's just a totally different feeling like being up in the balloon because I grew up um, in the balloon and being in control of the balloon. Um, it's such a peaceful feeling and also a little scary for me, like starting out. Um, but just, I don't know, it's a different sort of experience, especially like Bethany and I have this connection to our dad um, in that way, even though he's not around anymore. So it's also like a way to pay tribute and just like understand a passion that he had that we weren't really a part of um, in the same way before. So nice. All right. Um, so how, how many flights have you done? You, your sister said four. Um, yeah, I lost count. It's logged somewhere, <laughs> but probably five. Yeah. Four or five or six around there. So Bethany, are you instructing her then? I have been her only instructor. Okay. So up in one other pilot's balloon. Okay. In the last five years. She's gone up in others growing up when she was very small. Okay. All right. Um, question in the chat from Steve Clark uh, from Manaqua, Wisconsin area again. Do you carry a reserve parachute with you? We are a big parachute. So we do. <laughs> That's what we usually say too. Our parachutes already inflated. <laughs> but we also, most of us do carry um, reserves also. Um, another question in the chat from Mark McElroy. Can you guys land without permission? Emergency landings. I think most of our landings, we are landing without permission. Um, I have not run across anybody who's been upset yet. Most of the time we can keep the balloon inflated and standing upright while our crew gets permission. Um, but we do try to be respectful. We don't, we don't try to land in crops. Um, we look for areas, we look for roads with no power lines. We look for freshly cut hay fields, um, large grassy areas. Um, you know, th things that we would not be hurting if we, if we landed in them. So we try to be respectful because we know that we are trespassing and, um, yeah, we abs we absolutely get permission after the fact. And if anybody's not happy with it, we'd be happy to fly on. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you really haven't had any problems with landowners or anything. I think they would be just as happy, you know, um, taking pictures and everything. So I've got one question on that Friday that you guys were flying down in Wausau. Um, when we took off, um, we were a little bit northeast of you and we flew towards you guys and we could see you in the distance up in the air. And by the time we got to you that Friday night, if you recall that evening, by the time we got to you, every balloon was like down on the ground and packing up and it's like you only got like a half a mile or a mile what what happened that night 
Um, so we typically, if we know that we have to be back for a, for a night blow where we set up on the field and just yep. blow the balloons, we keep our flight really short so that we're able to have time to pack up and get back. We're not okay. flying for an hour at that point. We're just launching for the crowd, taking our first available spot, packing up and getting back. Okay. I was just, I was really wondering what the heck was going on. It's like everybody was down just north of the event. So yeah, but that balloon glow was amazing too. And I did do a, a live post on that also. So Krista, Shane, you guys got any other questions? Uh, well, Kelby asked, how high do you all get when you go up in the balloon? Or how high can you go? Under 14,000 if you don't have oxygen. If you go above 14,000, you need oxygen. Um, so I actually flew over the Sandia Mountains. Um, all stars need to align for a mountain flight since winds need to be good on both sides. You have to have enough wind in the right direction to get up and over the mountain range. Um, and so we just, I was think we were just below 14,000 has been the highest elevation that I've ever flown in. Wow. Okay. And this uh, one can also kind of depend on the size of the balloon as well. Um, so my balloon is only 75,000 cubic feet. Um, so it's a bit smaller than the others. Um, so when I was in Albuquerque, the highest I was able to go was maybe about 8,000 feet above sea level. And at that point, you're kind of reaching um, limitations as far as how hot you're able to get the fabric. Um, at some point, you just really shouldn't take it any farther. <laughs> Right. Okay. Uh, piggybacking off that is, have you ever run into any unexpected bad weather? I personally have not. Usually we try to plan it out pretty well and pay close attention to what the weather is going to be doing. Can you fly? Oh, go ahead, Bethany. I honestly haven't been caught in any sticky situations. I mean, we're looking at like radar right up until we, we take off. We're looking at stability, you know, lifted index, things like that. Um, so nothing should ever be a surprise. Wow. You might be able to like sneak a flight in and you know that you shouldn't go for an hour and you might have to get land a little bit earlier than you would originally like to. Um, but thankfully I've never been caught in anything that uh, I wasn't expecting. Um, question, uh, any balloon fest coming up in Wisconsin at all, or is there a, uh, social media that we can go to, to find out in any state where there will be, um, your activity going on? I don't think there's any other planned ones in Wisconsin <clears throat> this year. I think we just did our last one, um, a week or two ago um, in Seymour, Wisconsin was our last one for the season. Okay. There will be one in October, October um, in Caledonia, Minnesota, which that's just on the other side of like La Crosse, La Crescent, um, okay. I think. I might've messed um, that up in my geography. <laughs> All right. Um, Kelby Cox is asking, how do you all sync? 
Why don't you all come back down out of the sky? We have a couple of options. We can either just wait a little bit and the balloon will cool off on its own and start to descend. Or um, there's usually, um, uh, we call it a parachute top. There's a piece of fabric that covers a hole in the top of the balloon with a line that comes down the center. And we can pull on that line to let out some of the hot air. And then that's also how we would deflate it at the end of the flight. We would just completely pull out that piece of fabric and just let the hole be open and the air to come out. Okay, another good question. What's the life longevity of a balloon? Anybody know? I think it depends on how well you take care of it. If you've overtempt your fabric, um, if it's gotten wet, um, there's, there's a lot to that. Um, if you, if you take real good care of it, it can last, it can last a long time. I mean, I've, I've heard of balloons going six, seven, 800 hours. Um, so it really just depends, you know, how often you fly and stuff. Um, my daughter, Ashley, her balloon is older than she is. I think hers is a 1983. So, and it's, it's still going strong. So Good. Uh, another question, how are repairs done? They're specific um, balloon repair, not stations. Um, I can't think of nouns right now. Um, and so the closest one to me is in Des Moines. Okay. All right. Um, Ashley and I are lucky. Our, our balloon repair station is about 45 miles away. So. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Where is that? What? Um, Sullivan, Wisconsin, between Madison and Milwaukee. Okay. So, Sonia, I know that you said you need to leave at some point a little bit early. So if you want to leave, I mean, I think you're, you're already late. Um, <laughs> <laughs> late for your date. Um, Eric has put in the late. chat. All right. What's that? Good talking to you guys and thanks for Eric having has me. Put in. You're going to head out thanks then. Thank you. Yep. yep. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you guys. We'll chat with you later. Yep. Bye now. Bye. All right. She had a date. Um, she told me about it beforehand. So um, Eric has put in the chat um, the password and the meeting ID. If anybody is in the chat and they want to, after we um, close out on live YouTube streaming, uh, you can join in with these gals and ask any further questions. Um, and an after show, you're more than welcome to join in. Um, we've got quite a few people that were asking wonderful questions. So gals, if you've got anything else that you, you want to talk about now is the time. I mean, this is a, we're interested in your sport and I know you're interested in ours, you know, we'll get some of the people, you know, that fly paramotors to come in and you can ask them questions too. So Ashley, you got anything else? Any, any stories you can tell us? I'm still building up my story reservoir since I've only <laughs> really had my license for a couple of months now, but it's definitely okay. been a lot of fun. Um, I, I had a lot of friends that were learning along with me, trained a lot of new crew as soon as I was able to get my uh, balloon back up to Minnesota with my fresh license. 
Um, it, was, it was quite the learning process for all of us. Nice. Tressa, what about you? Do you have any special things that you can, you're interested in sharing with this sport, learning with your sister? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I've just heard stories from other balloonists on how they got trained. And um, I think I'm very fortunate that I have a sister who can train me because it'll be a little easier to get that process done. I know some balloonists that can take years um, and Bethany fast tracked in Albuquerque because she had that time. Um, So I don't know. Like I said, I've only done a few flights and it's been really cool a little bit scary but um like Beth said before it's a big parachute so not too much um bad can happen and yeah it's just been fun learning about ballooning and how it all works because before it was just me getting rides like growing up in it and crewing mostly mostly chasing the balloon um Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm just interested to continue learning and see how everything works. All right. Bethany, you get anything else to add? I mean, I would just say since like your community is pretty small um, and so is ours. So I'm sure it still has that family feel to it. Like all balloonists are our family. And so don't be a stranger and, and reach out just like you did in Wassa. Um, because we're, we're all pilots and, and we love, love to share our passions. I was just worried that I was gonna, you know, mess you guys up because you, you were trying to set up and I didn't want to interrupt. So, but yes, I am definitely glad I, I reached out to ladies and, um, I would like to continue following you guys on social media. And if we can ever um, get to Minnesota or get down Ashley down by you and your mom down by Sun Prairie, um, we would love to help out or, you know, get in the way and be one of your crew people and be all left feet and left hands and get in the way. (laughs) So, um, So closing up here, it looks like we made it almost a full hour, ladies. So um, I'd like to ask if you guys want to share where um, our people in the chat can find you on social media. Ashley, do you have any social media um, that you can be found at? Um, I do have an Instagram that I don't use super often but I will sometimes post my balloon pictures there I have to um remind myself of what my username was though I think I found you today scoots.mcgee yeah that's what it is interesting one are Um, you on facebook also yes I am on facebook ashley belgard uh it shouldn't be too difficult to find there aren't that many of us all right. Anything else? Are you on TikTok at all? We got some TikTok people on here also. Uh, I'm just a viewer on TikTok. I don't, I don't okay. make any videos on there. All right. Um, Bethany, how about you? Um, so my business is on Facebook under Star Drifter Hot Air Balloons. I believe that's LLC. And okay. then personal Facebook's just Bethany Ruder. Um, and then my personal Instagram's Ruder, I think, with two Y's. Okay. 
Tressa, what about you? Um, I get posted a lot on the Star Drifter Hotter Balloons LLC whenever I'm training. So you can definitely find me there. Um, and my Facebook, Instagram is the same. So Tressa Reuter and then Tressa Reuter. I don't think there's a dot in there for my Instagram either. All right. And Krista, where can we find you and Shane at? Um, Saturday nights hanging out with Shane and Sunday nights, uh, girls just want to fly with you is where you can find us Friday, Tuesday night. Sorry. And never trust a skinny chef Shane on YouTube. Yep. Tuesday night hangouts. Yep. All right. And, and, uh, again, before we, uh, leave, um, I want to thank everyone and you can find, me and hopefully you guys all subscribe to girls just want to fly. You can go to paramotorgirl.com or um, flying flamingo Jade will take you to the YouTube channel. Please like, and subscribe, uh, especially on our shows. I, Krista and I are trying to do a really good job at reaching out to women in aviation of anything. And we want to let other women know that um, we're all out there, you know, to back each other. And this is a perfect way to reach out to each other and um, enjoy each other's passions of being in the air. So I just want to thank you all. And um, before, and you guys are welcome to stick around, okay? Um, um, if you guys want to stick around for the after show. So I just want to thank you all, all my chatters and all my viewers and on podcast, if you're listening, thanks again for joining in and fly safe, everyone. Thank you. Okay. Hang on one second. Did it end?